What's the most important resource that you have? If you really thought about this deeply, I think you'd come to the same conclusion that Joey and I did. It's time. In our newest book, Wealth Without Wall Street, The Three Steps to Financial Freedom Through Passive Income, we talk about how are we tracking that time? Well, what is the thing that we can do to get more of that time back? That's right. If you've ever been listening to our podcast and thought, man, it would be amazing if I could take all the things that you guys have learned over the last 10 years and just summarize them, put them in some way to easily digest them and take action, that's what this book is all about. You're not going to want to miss it. Go to wealthwithoutwallstreet.com forward slash new book and get your copy today. Stallion, I got the cash flow game out this past weekend and and I had my, my nieces and nephews over and one of my daughters and I were playing with them. And I just love that game so much. I feel like there's so many lessons that we all could learn by playing that game on some regular basis. Agree? Oh, 100%. Yeah, I, I realize it's something I have neglected to pull out in a long time. So I need to, I need to take note on that and do the same. How, how'd it turn out? Well, it, it, you need about three hours of time to play the game, even though you won't always go three hours. Yeah. And I think we had about an hour and 45 minutes and we had to stop it for dinner, but I got out of the rat race, man. I was the first one out of the rat race. Look at this guy. And my, my nephew, one of my other nephews got out. So that was cool. But the other four were still stuck, just still stuck, man, just oh. trading time for money. And I was trying to, but at the end it was good because I, I, I went around and said, all right, we're, we're, we got to finish the game, but give me one lesson that you each learn from playing the game. And some were like, oh, well, I learned that I, when I'm buying something, I need to understand what its typical trading range is and what it's selling for today. Another one's like, hey, it doesn't matter how much money you make because there was a doctor and a lawyer card that they got and they were stuck. They never got out. And they're like, ah. it, it has nothing to do with how much income you have. One of them said, hey, having kids costs a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, Amen. Yeah. And the other one was like, yeah, as soon as you can do the big deal, do the big deal. Right. Like, so that, you know, it's, it's one of those games where you start to learn that there's a lot of little um, nuance, right? Some of it's applicable. Some of it's not perfect, right? It's still a game, but I, I think there's so much better use of our time. Cause I played Monopoly yesterday with my kids and it is just like, if, if, unless you can be the one who can buy the property before everybody else does, now you're, 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 you're negotiating and they don't like to negotiate with me because they think I negotiate incorrectly. Meaning like <laughs> I just tend to like, you know, influence the outcome of certain things. And so now they know, do not let dad get a color set or the game's over. Exactly. And, and I don't like playing it. Cause it's like, you know, when we're sitting there and everybody, you know, you've got three people owning one piece of the property. It's like, this stinks. Like this is going to take a month to finish. Dude, it, it, they're, they're at that age where they have learned that, man, maybe in some of these deals in the past, dad wasn't really, you know, working on my side of the board. Like every time I negotiated with him, he waxed me in this case. Yes. So yes. I'm just not going to negotiate at all. I had the same issue. I don't, I don't understand. I felt like it was fair, you know? Um, but yeah, they, they won't, they won't play that game with me. Um, they won't negotiate with me at all. Well, today we're going to jump in and talk about our passive income report, and we're going to talk about the real life cash flow in Monopoly. So let's jump in, Stanley, right now.
Welcome to the Wealth Without Wall Street podcast, your guide to understanding how to get out of the Wall Street rat race and start your own mailbox money lifestyle. Now, don't let these handsome Southern draws fool you. These financial minds are teaching our country to enhance savings, increase cash flow, and create passive income, all without the help of Wall Street. Are you ready to break through? Now here are your hosts, Russ Morgan and Joey Murray. Stallion. All right, we're looking at our May 2023 passive income report. And you know, net we are at 56,000 for the month, a little bit behind last month, but all in all not bad. What were some of the big takeaways for you? Well, I mean, there's a glaring hole this month in one category. And I think that could take up almost our whole time. I'm not going to do it, but our short-term rental business has been sold. It is no longer a line item on this sheet because in the month of May, we were able to sell our short-term rental business to our operator. Like Clint is now the owner of wakeupinbirmingham.com. Which, I, which we love and will continue to send you there when you come into Birmingham. would hopeful uh, that you would you would look up at uh, wakeupinbirmingham.com and, and find a place for you. People ask us, why did we do this? What would you tell them? Well, here's the way that I think you and I came to grips on this is this is a business we built on the arbitrage model, right? And it's been a great business uh, over the last three years that it's been. Which in, means in buy, instead of buying properties, we were just leasing the properties from an owner and then putting them on short-term rental. That's right. That's right. Sorry, I probably need to clarify that. But it was to a point in the business where you and I realized it's going to take a lot more time, energy, and money from our standpoint to pour into this to get it to the next level like to the the next point where this business would be growing. And we started to see things that we wanted to direct our capital and our time towards. And it wasn't really fair for us to do that to Clint because this is a business that is his livelihood. He's very motivated to continue to grow it and to give it the time and energy that it deserves. And so in my opinion, as investors, you have to make decisions along the way. And sometimes that includes pivoting away from something that's even going well to do the next thing that might be. So you think about good, better, best. In our position, I feel like there's a best that we need to spend our time on. And um, and so it just made sense in my mind. What would you say? Well, I think that there's phases of our investing journey of our life and we go through these different seasons and that, you know, there's times and opportunities that come along that we need to take advantage of. And there's some times where, you know, don't fall in love with the investment. Right. And for us, this was not something that we were going to fall in love with, meaning that we weren't willing to sell it. I think every business you own should be prepared to sell. If you run it correctly, it should be available for someone else to buy. And if someone couldn't buy your business, then you're not running it like a business. You're running it as a hobby. It's, it's a job for yourself. And I think that's the lesson that you and I have known, right, that we need to make every one of these opportunities available for someone to buy. And when the deal is better for us to sell it than to keep it, don't be emotionally attached. 
make that decision. And we're going to, in the future months, you'll see how we sold it. We'll talk a little bit about it today that we, we follow kind of our own advice. We tell you when you're looking to buy investment properties, when you're looking to buy businesses, you need to be looking creatively how to do that, right? Right. Put as little money into the deal by, um, by own terms. And for us as investors, when we're selling things, we want to do the same thing, right? We started this business not to get a big, huge chunk of cash that we have to then go find another investment to go reinvest, but we started it for cash flow. And so when we were looking at what is the best way for us to sell this, what's the best way for the buyer, what's the best deal for us, it was to sell it on terms. So we actually structured a deal where we will be getting paid out over the next several years on it. So it will continue to be a cash flow and item. So we will put it, we will just make a little small adjustment here where it won't be our short-term rental management company in business. It'll be a line item for our, uh, our debt repayment uh, that we're getting for the business. Yeah, I, that gets me really excited because, you know, someone once said that there is no passive income that lasts a lifetime recently. And and I was like, you know, I was kind of challenged by that. I was like, there actually are a lot of good options that could be very long term, but maybe they aren't like forever. And so as investors, how do we how do we take that on? We start thinking about, you know, the much later in life, how do we continue some of these cash flowing you know, items. So our passive income doesn't dip down below our monthly expenses and so on and so forth. And this is one of those ways that I want to challenge, like I was challenged and and it depended or ended up being the way that we were able to sell this. But how can we, it's not, well, this thing might end is how can we continue it? And when you think about an asset that you've built, like a business or a property or fill in the blank, if it could turn into a loan and you become the owner that's financing that, whatever it is, it can continue on that cash flow. And that to me, if you think about things like that, hopefully that stretches your mind to start thinking about things much longer term. And it's not just at the time that you own that asset, it could be as you finance it back. And you know, we talk about become your own banker. A lot of times you, you've been hearing our, Re, uh, revisiting of the Become Your Own Banker book series that we did. And this is just one of those concepts from that book that I want to unlock for you that uh, has has really served us well in this transaction. Well, you took the words right out of my mouth. I was thinking as you were talking about that, be your own bank, right? That we're you, you can not only receive income from the business and have, in essence, ownership over it or control over it without having any of the responsibility of it. And I think for any business that we could have that ability where we could get paid from it with with no responsibility, right? And yes. at the end, in a deal like this, if for some reason it didn't work out, which we're rooting for it too, we then would take over the asset. So we would still have the asset and still would have had the income from it. And I think there's opportunity in the becoming your own banker concept for us to see how vital it is to be in that position, to, to be able to get cash flow, have control over things. Uh, the thing that we talk about the most get asked all the time, which is one of your favorite investments that you either are currently making or have made our buddy, Mark Podolsky, his team, the land geek. If you haven't already heard one of the podcasts we've done with him and point you back to many of those or right over to his podcast, the art of passive income, where we buy and sell 
small pieces of vacant land on terms to people, kind of like a car note. And we've been doing that now, Stanley, for several years. And last month, between the the cash sales we did and just the monthly notes, we're over twenty five thousand net coming in the door. Pretty good. No, that's it's one of our biggest months yet, and. Uh, and I, I want to encourage you, this is one of those businesses that I get excited about in good times. I get excited about in bad times. Recession doesn't scare me away on this. In fact, it encourages me that we may end up even, uh, and it's because we are the bank. Like I, I don't, I didn't expect for this to become the theme of the May 2023 passive income report. But we literally are the position of the bank. We own the asset, the land, the, the piece of property that people want, and we are financing it back to them. And if they, for whatever reason, decide to default or not to be able to finish the obligation of that note, we take it back and we've reduced our, our um, exposure on that property by whatever payments that they make. And then I can turn around and resell it at potentially a higher number because now we've seen appreciation. It is one of the most amazing things that we've ever done. And, and it's going to continue to grow and grow. I, I want to encourage you, if you haven't gone to thelandgeek.com, go check it out and see if this is something that you could implement. Um, it, we have people that start as a side hustle with a couple thousand dollars and turn it into a massive passive income machine and we have other people on the opposite spectrum in our passive income mastermind who actually pay to get a business like this set up for them, done for them by the Land Geek team and everywhere in between. So if, if you're interested in this world, there's a way that you can implement this. And uh, just just want to encourage you. We've had a lot of success over the last several years and um, and looking forward to it. In fact, one of the things I think we should talk about, Russ, is what's on the horizon as it relates to Land Geek and uh, another opportunity we want to pursue. If you've listened to our show for any length of time, you've heard us talk about infinite banking and how we were able to use that concept to create over $50,000 a month in passive income. But it's just not that easy to figure out how does this all connect into my own personal system? Stallion, that's why we created the Passive Income Operating System, bro. It shows you how to turn active income into passive income. It makes all the steps come together. If you would like to get access to it as a podcast listener, we've never given this away in public before. Go to whatswhatwallstreet.com forward slash P-I-O-S. There was nothing worse than walking into class when you're in school and the teacher saying, pop quiz day. Why? Because you were unprepared. Are you unprepared, though, for financial freedom? Don't be. Find out how close you are by taking our 30-second quiz at wealthwithoutwallstreet.com forward slash quiz. Yeah, well, you know, there's lots of things coming our way, right? So we are going to be sharing with you guys probably next month the event that we just got back from where we were down in the British Virgin Islands with our Passive Income Mastermind members and guests looking to build a fund. And... So we're going to be talking a little bit about that. But one of the recent things we did 
last month is that we actually knew a, a land investor, somebody who um, very close to us that was looking to partner with somebody who could help them give management insight, could also uh, provide some capital to the business. So we're actually moving into a role where we're actually lending money to a land investor and working kind of side by side in a partnership role with them as they grow, they're growing their cash flow, they're growing their monthly term uh, business through uh, buying more property and then selling more property. And we're utilizing our expertise, having been in this world for three or four years, as well as the capital we've built up in our own uh, infinite banking systems. And so that's going to be an area that I think we'll we'll see a lot of expansion, Joey. I think there's a an endless opportunity for uh, people to buy uh, land. The, the problem is, is they don't have infinite capital. Exactly. Yeah. If there's any place, I think, um, that, you know, investors can put money to work at and uh, land investors can grow their business with, it's right there in the, in the middle. It's lending to that to that world, to that um, professional investor in land investing. And so I'm really excited to to begin that process and to open up opportunities down the road for that. So here, here's one of the things, like, again, just going into the lessons, right? As you're, if you're like, hey, I've been around this world. I think there's an opportunity for me to maybe be a lender uh, to someone, whether it's in land flipping or it's like, you know, mortgages, maybe it's, um, being a lender on an automobile, right? I mean, there's just, there's an infinite amount of things that you can lend against. What are some of those takeaways, Joey? What are some of those lessons that you've learned over the years that makes a deal good, but also what, the things that you have to do to ensure that the deal doesn't, if it goes bad, it doesn't sink you with it? Well, so there's a couple of things that apply in any, any sort of lending environment. Uh, one, collateral right? What is backing up the loan? And if there's nothing backing up the loan, then it's really not a loan. <laughs> it's a hope. Right. And we don't, we're not hope, uh, bankers are not hopers, right? They're, they're literally, they have a known commodity that is backing up their, their money. And, and so in this case, when we're talking about a land investor who's buying a property at 25 to 30 cents on the dollar, you immediately have a massive, what they call a loan to value. If you gave them 100% of the money to buy that property, you're still well below 50% of that that value of that land. So if and somebody it, was buying a property for 2,500 and it was worth 10,000 and you lent them all 2,500, you're still in good position. A super secure position because the worst thing that can happen is they don't pay you back and you now have an asset that's worth three or four times what you have invested, you could fire sale it and make double your money. So let's talk about, though, that specific thing, right? I think the if you're going to be a lender in any environment, yes, you want to have collateral. Secondly, you have to validate and verify that you actually are on, the, on that collateral. Like that collateral right. is attached to you. That that yes. that. There's sometimes that, that you may be lending what you think is collateral and that person doesn't even actually own it or they've got liens against it that that supersede your lien. So then in the event something happened, that person has access to it. So you need to make sure you have clear access to the money, right? That's right. Yeah, you have to have some sort of recorded 
documentable way that you can verify your position. And to your point, um, not everybody is very, you know, upfront about that sort of thing. And they think if, if you don't ask the question, they could have already uh, put something against that property, a lien, that now they're saying that you're in, in a position to get it if something happens. And now you may never get paid back on that, even if they did default. And we've heard nightmare stories of that uh, over the years. Well, and I think the other other side to that is just knowing what are the what are the ways in which you're going to get paid back. Talking about those specific terms, making exactly. terms favorable to both you and the person that which are getting the money, right? Like finding win wins. I think too often times we don't realize that this is not a I win you lose deal. Right. It needs to be you win. And I win. And when you find those opportunities, right? So sometimes it's giving interest only terms, right? Sometimes right. it is finding amateur, uh, amateurized terms, right? Maybe that's the best way to do it because you know that person, if they don't pay you back over a specific period of time, maybe you'd put them in a bad position. They wouldn't have the money to pay you back. Maybe, That's right. maybe the way that uh, the deals that they're doing, they're going to come in lump sums and they're going to need a place to stick that lump sum. So maybe doing those deals on terms is better off. So I think just knowing that there's lots of different options of how to do deals and that when you structure those things in the way that says, what's the best deal for you and what's the best deal for me? Now you find that middle ground. Man, and golly, we're coming back to this theme again. When you are a banker, you are 100% in control of the terms. What did Nelson say in his book, Become Your Own Banker? He who has the gold makes the rules. Well, I want to encourage you one step further than that and say he who needs the gold, have a conversation with him, right? You may uncover a much more favorable situation for both of you if you just have a very frank conversation. What is it that you need from this? Why do you need the money? What are you going to use it for? How will you repay it? Like if you have those those questions and you go ahead and have those conversations, um, I'll, I'll just give you an example. If I am going into a lending position and I think, well, I need to get paid back. And so I'm going to set it over 12 months or 24 months or whatever the number is. And it's going to be paid back in, you know, amortized amounts. And that's the only way I'm thinking. Well, it could be that that person is willing to pay me back that way, but they're going to be really focused in on the interest portion because it's such a big payment for them on the cash flow. It's going to squeeze them. Whereas if I said, you know what, I'm open to what may be helpful to this person. And they say, really, if I could have a lower payment, I could pay more interest. And that, and that really fits your profile. Like that's really what would help you. Now, all of a sudden, to your point, maybe you do an interest-only payment and you create a balloon at the end of two years or three years that where they can pay you back all in full because that's their horizon on that investment, that they're going to be able to sell it and be able to get you all your money back. Um, and there's all sorts of other ways you could do it. But my point is, being the banker puts you in the catbird seat and gives you the opportunity to really create you know, put on that creativity hat to make a win-win. And uh, yeah, I, I just want to encourage you. This is, this is really exciting stuff. 
So the another part of that, like I think when we were recently at an event and the speaker was talking about when doing deals that you need to find good people, right? Making sure that we're getting into business with good people. Maybe that is running like a truth finder report, which is like a, a background check on the person that you're doing business on. Making sure 100%. the person who uh, that you're doing the deal with has good intentions. Like finding out why do they, like to your point, why do they want to borrow the money? Why are they wanting to grow the business? What is the ultimate objective? Understanding what the intentions of the person is. And, and then lastly, having a good rationale, making sure the math makes sense. I, I'm going to show you in a second. Like I'm looking at this Turo line item that I have. Uh -oh. And if you were wanting to invest in my personal Turo business, you would say, okay, uh, I think Russ is a good guy. Like, I mean, it, it seems, seems like somebody that I would like to hang out with. It, good intentions. Man, I wanted to start this business with my daughters so that for the only purpose that they could see a profit and loss statement, we could talk about how a business operates. And I've been struggling with the profit side of the business, right? Like I've been really struggling. I, I know we we have like a side uh, deal going here and somebody can roll back the tapes on us of where you and I made a bet of which, which would uh, make more money this year, Cousin Eddie or my little uh, pickup truck. And I think I was talking a lot of smack. Yeah. Unfortunately, 100%. I, I'm three weeks on Turo and zero, like a, uh, a goose egg, goose egg. For, yeah. for number of rentals so far on Turo. Now, I don't know why that is. So my rationale, if you like, look at this, you're like, Russ, you've, you, you, you got a loan on the truck. You got, you got the insurance on the truck. You had to get this little like tracking device for the truck. You went ahead and got the car wash for the truck. Like you got all these expenses <laughs> built in here. It, it looks like you're going backwards and I don't see where you're renting it. And that, that would just not be good rationale, right? Like I, mm. I would not have been a good investment into my Turo business based upon that specific item. I mean, I would say the same thing with a uh, hundred unicorns now, you know, like it's just hey. bad. good people, good intentions. The rationale just don't make sense. Hey, you just trust me. We get the brainchild put together on this deal and you're going to be sore. I'm just going to tell you right now, folks, try when you see Russ in person and he's in the fetal position, it's not going to be because of something else. It's going to be because of this. He's going to be so sore that he was not involved in hundred unicorns when it goes to the moon. Okay. It's to the moon. It's just be yeah. ready for it. I, I, I am ready for it. Well, one of the things here, as we start to wrap this up, people say, Hey, there's lots of different ways you can get into investing. There's this, do it your do it yourself model, right? And whether it's the land business or short term rentals, there's lots of ways you can just go do that yourself. Then there's opportunities to do it with other people, right? You can get in partnerships where you're working side by side. Maybe you're bringing your gifts to the equation and, and maybe it's a management, maybe it's a marketing aspect and someone else is kind of operating the day to day maybe. Or there's some done for you stuff. Like we've got syndications on here. You see the ATM stuff. We've got some rental properties and private note funds and some other businesses in which we own that other people are pretty much doing all of that for us. Right. There's an opportunity regardless of where you are. But one of the ones that I want to make sure we don't um, stop without talking, uh, don't uh, stop this podcast without talking about it is the opportunity to build a brand build an, uh, an affiliate income opportunity 
that can be um, something that a lot of people have the capability of doing, right? Like you have the capability of building something, whether it's a podcast, a YouTube presence, a social media presence, you may already have a huge network already. And maybe there's an opportunity that you can already partner with people who have items, courses, uh, programs that they're already selling that they're already bringing in revenue in, that you love, that you've already bought yourself. And you're like, hey, my friend group, my network, my community of people would be interested in that. And you can get paid for that. And I don't think people recognize that. I mean, maybe we all got burned out early on in life with like the Tupperware programs and, <laughs> you know, the jewelry stuff, <laughs> like all, all, all of that stuff is like, I don't want any piece of that. But we're not talking about you having to like build a team, right? It's just sharing with your your community, with your audience, your sphere of influence, the things that you're already doing. And if you can find programs that are already out there, and we've got a, a podcast coming up soon uh, with Sophie Howard, where she's done this at a very high level, buying uh, Kindle books that already existed, buying websites, buying blogs that already people were reading and downloading. I watched the movie Julia and Julia with my daughters. I don't know if you know what that means. That's yeah. a book on Julia Childs. It, and I'm like, you see, like, like she had that blog. All she had to do is start selling like items that from cooking on there. And she could have been getting paid the whole time. Well, we see exactly. that with our community, right? Like our community, not only do we have courses and programs that people are utilizing that are things that we built and we, we, we've created, but also there's other programs in which people have built and created that we've bought, we love, and we're like, hey, let's start sharing that with our audience. And you're seeing um, some of those numbers on here as you look at our, our community um, income, almost $30,000 last month. It's just one of those items that I'm like, man, this is something that not everybody, right? But there's a 10 or 15% of our uh, of you listening to this right now, this is a good fit for you. And you need to consider this as an option to create passive income. Yeah, and it doesn't have to start huge. It could start very, very small. Um, just the way if you just document your process, like, hey, I did this. This is what happened. People love to learn about that. And they want to hear authentic people sharing their authentic journey. And if that includes certain products, services, and other things that help you along the way, they want to support those same things because it'll help them get the results that they're looking for. Um, one other thing I want to add uh, to our conversation today, Russ, before we wrap up is um, Stack Candles. You've heard us talk about it before. StackCandles.com. Uh, go buy some for a friend or a a family member, as a gift for yourself, for your home. We have been in business now for well over a year in this in this uh, business with an operator. And uh, just today, what was our update? We got that we've doubled revenue year over year. We had a, a note to the previous owner that had to be repaid. And as of this month, it's been repaid in full. So now distributions will start to come from this business in the next uh, month or two. And that gets me fired up because there was a long run rate before that came to fruition. But just knowing that that has been growing in the background with an operator who's dedicated to growing this business that we we vetted and, and had relationship with and now um, is, is starting to pay back. That, that just gets me fired up and it just tells you that there's 
opportunities for you to do similar things. Uh, maybe we could just do a whole show on that at some point, Russ. On, on how to work with other operators and businesses? Yeah, how to how to look at the business model and to make sure it matches up with what you want and and to look for, you know, ways that you can add value to those sort of things. Yeah, I, I'm still cool. looking for ways that I can add value to those sort of things. So that'd be a good episode. <laughs> I'd be really intent on listening on, on how I can do that. Well, hopefully this is helpful to you as you're riding down the road. Maybe you didn't get to see this live. Uh, our income for the month was a little over 80000 Our expenses were a little over 28000 So we netted a little over 56000 for the month of May. Uh, we're up, um, you know, just continuing to to build upon this. This is our, our goal to just be transparent. Uh, most of you are doing a lot more than what we're doing. And there's a lot more for us to do. We've been, as we've talked about on the previous uh, passive income report, we're in the in the process of looking to build our own investment fund. And so we've been uh, stacking some cash working behind the scenes and are definitely going to be investing in the things that would be in that fund. And you'll see some of those uh, coming out soon and, and look forward to just sharing with you again, just the, the wins that we have, uh, the, the lessons that we're learning, the opportunities for upgrade, and would love to continue to hear your story as you uh, are building your path and your journey to become financially free. Stallion, thank you again for another great episode. Uh, as always, thank you for tuning in and uh, we'll catch you on the next episode. This has been the Wealth Without Wall Street podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the show to break free of the Wall Street mindset and begin building wealth on your own terms in places you understand so that your wealth will never run dry. See you next episode.